1: Welcome to podcast like it's 1992 the podcast where we talk about the films of 1992 here from our purge in 2023 I am your host one of your hosts that
0: is Phyllis Gove I am your special guest host Emily St. James sitting in for your regular host a weirdly lecherous cartoon egg named Humptus Dumptus who has been asked to step away from the program for a few weeks because of some things he said on last week's episode dumped us dumped us our guest today
1: i mean it's Eva Stefansky. you know her you love her she's been on here a bunch uh or at least on 99 in our patreon and and we're we're so thrilled to welcome her to 1992 a year that she probably didn't actually witness did you witness 1992
2: i witnessed the last like three days of 1992
0: God damn it. <laughs> so you yeah. saw this in theaters is what you're saying
2: yeah oh yeah my parents as soon as i was out of there they were like let's go See cool world we gotta so, get out of this hospital like, go to the movies
1: uh, um i mean they'd be one of the like 10 people that saw this but i i'll say that um uh i so i reached out to you emma and i was like will you please come on uh, podcast like it's 1992 and your response was sure i haven't seen any of these movies because i was barely born and i was like that that tracks um so i kind of pointed you towards cool world and said this feels like an emma movie that's literally that what it's
2: so cruel <laughs> i'm not sure what that means what did you mean by that phil well,
1: okay I'll, I'll explain myself uh i want to also be very clear i had not seen cool world so this okay. was sight unseen it wasn't as though i saw it and then was like em i think you'd like this because that would be offensive mm-hmm. um but I think it was just in my brain, I think anyone you know that follows you knows you know big treasure planet fan okay now i'm not I don't mean to draw too many corollaries between these two movies, so I don't really think there are, but I do think that in my brain, I felt like. Treasure Planet is also this kind of mashup of a bunch of weird stuff. It does have, obviously it's animated. And I was like, well, I mean, Cool World also seems like it's a mashup of a bunch of weird stuff and it has animation. Maybe Emma will like this movie. That's truly as far as I thought about those.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, in that case, yeah, that's absolutely right. (laughs) If if it was good, I would have been like, yep, it's me. It's a me movie for sure.
1: I didn't know how... um, Upsetting and perverse this film was. So I mean, I don't want to suggest that that's why I thought of you, Emma. I I mean, so I have not seen this film. Emily had not seen this film. Emma, you obviously had not seen this film. So we all went into this pretty blind.
2: It's all of our first times. In it is cool, in the cool world, first and
1: last, probably. I would assume. I don't foresee myself going back to said cool world anytime <laughs> soon. Um, but I do want to sort of pause it what I knew about this movie in terms of, I mean, I was 12 when this film came out. So I had a notion of this film. I remember sort of the marketing of this film. I remember the posters. I mean, as you can imagine, just purely aesthetically, a 12 year old boy would probably be like, great. Right. But then the movie pretty much just vanished and I didn't, never watched it. Um, It, comes out in 92 who from roger rabbit comes out in 88 i believe right yeah um you can see that someone somewhere some studio executive of paramount was like horny roger rabbit like i mean can can we do can we go farther with this can we you know be edgier with this and it feels like that's as far as they thought
2: i mean roger
0: rabbit's pretty horny
1: i was gonna
2: say (laughs)
0: It's, you're right. You're right.
1: I, I mean,
2: did it is rewatch Zemeckis. it. I rewatched it right before I watched this, just because I knew we would yeah, probably sure. talk about it. Sure, sure, and sure, like, sure. I, I'm very surprised at the content in that <laughs> one, given that it's you know a children's film by Disney.
0: Is there anybody well, more unsettlingly horny than animators? It's just like,
2: okay. <laughs> well, this is That's this is what the cool world is about.
0: This is That's my big question thing. for you guys,
1: because I found myself thinking about what there might not be anything more unsettling to me than the notion of people that like watch animation porn like legit actual <laughs> pornography of animated characters
0: are you talking are you talking about like like pornography of pre-existing animated characters or just like drawn pornography
1: oh the first option okay. i'm talking about like when like you Simpsons.
3: Porn.
0: exactly simpsons porn mm.
1: disney porn people that are like i want to fuck ariel or something along those lines right we're just like please, and don't please don't take that out of context anybody please yes. do not that's my that. new
0: that's my new ringtone for when you call so
3: <laughs>
0: please
1: don't uh that was deeply in quotation marks of other people uh so i i do and like flintstone stuff like there's just a lot of like people that are into the idea of animated characters having sex and this movie like literally puts that on front street like in text like
0: noids having sex with doodles here's 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 the thing i have been like i've been trying to come up with my take on this movie this morning as i've been going about my day and literally i just keep my brain keeps going well noids and doodles i'm like that's nothing but that's all it wants to say it just wants to be like well noids doodles
2: disgust it is funny that like will they have sex is the plot of the movie it is and like (laughs) everyone else is trying to keep them from doing it and then halfway through it they do it and then the movie has like halfway to go and you're like what is
0: what is the plot now the plot is that they have to find a golden spike in las vegas this movie is so good so, I do want to give a
1: synopsis <laughs> early on because I do feel like not enough of our listeners have probably watched Cool World, so I can understand that they might be a little lost a little, uh, after a bizarre I'm accident. Lost.
3: I watched it
1: <laughs> <laughs> after a bizarre accident. Frank Harris played by Brad Pitt, is transported into the cartoon realm of Cool World, where he remains the only human among various animated characters for years. Eventually, artist Jack Diebes, played by Gabriel Byrne, also enters Cool World and sets his lustful sights on his own creation, a blonde bombshell named Hollywood, played by Kim Basinger. However, excessive intermingling between cartoons and humans is said to lead to dire consequences, a risk Jack seems ready to take. Cool World opened on July 11th, 1992, against A League of Their Own, Universal Soldier, Boomerang, Batman Returns, Sister Act, and of course, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, (laughs) It would go on to make $14 million on a $28 million budget. It has 4% 4% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and 31 from audiences. That might be the lowest score. Uh It's certainly definitely one of the lowest scores. Roger Ebert gave the film one star and said... <laughs> Cool World is a seriously troubled film, so ragged, I doubt even the director can explain the storyline. Like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it assumes that humans and cartoon characters can exist within the same reality, and it gives us human beings who find themselves in the cool world in another dimension beyond the animator's pen. There's nothing wrong with this concept, there's everything wrong with the execution. Let's start with the animation itself, which seems to have been created by Ralph Bakshi, with an unrealistic idea of how quickly he can comprehend visual information. A great deal of this film is so complex, chaotic, quick cut, and fast moving, it's impossible to sit in the audience and figure out what is being depicted. Bakshi's desperation is revealed in several brief sequences in which bizarre cool world characters hurtle towards the screen, screaming and gnashing for no reason except to kill (laughs) time, (laughs) or to cover an awkward transition. What's odd is that an animated film... Uh, would be so badly planned. Animation requires so much work at the storyboard level that these films are usually well plotted, if nothing else. Cool World is a surprisingly incompetent film. Yes, Emily.
0: Listen, if any critic was going to like this movie, we could say this about Roger. He likes boobs. He He just just was, if he was going to, if someone was going to like this, he was going to be like, listen, I'm a man and I like the things I like. Two and a half stars. So that he didn't like it. It's a sign of how bad he didn't
1: this even is. like Hollywood. Like I expected that he would at least single out Kim Basinger's performance or the or the character of Hollywood and be like, "I mean, Hollywood's great." You know what I mean? Like I kind of He's expected so-
3: something Love like her. that.
0: <laughs> I will say. I like her little outfit she wears right after she becomes real. Uh-huh. But like I, I was like, what if I wore this for Halloween? And my Wait, wife which, was like,
1: Which one are we? Are we talking about the cheerleader like like outfit? Yeah, it's she's dressed.
2: Suspenders.
0: Yeah, she's dressed like a perverse cheerleader.
2: Very cute. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. She looks like something. Yeah, it's it it it, it almost feels infused by like young japanese kind of that sort of do you know i'm kind of talking about the harajuku girls kind of situation
2: lolita type lolita-esque
1: yes very sort of like yeah (laughs) it's it's weird because and i want to talk about this because when holly's in the cool world she feels adult when she's in our world she has this childlike horniness that i found very upsetting she talks in this like cutesy girly kind of like young girl thing um and i think they think that because she doesn't understand the world around her they've interpreted that sort of fish out of water thing as childlike but it's gross and i don't like it and it made me feel really (laughs) icky.
0: phil when you say Mm. you want to talk about it no no one let's talk about anything else honestly no it's 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 fucking want to i just feel like it's necessary on some level it's the fucking born sexy yesterday trope of like oh yes 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 you know yeah uh, yeah. uh, yeah, emma please
2: well it's also like the difficulty of translating a character from animation where you can kind of believe a personality like that in a body that looks like that Versus, like, having a human try to portray that. It's really, it's uncomfortable every time. And mm-hmm. it's especially uncomfortable this time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and
2: I do but feel I for say, Kim Basinger. It is kind of funny how she does look the same. Like, yeah. when she transforms into, like, a real person, I'm like, oh, yeah, like they really, they did a pretty good job, like, making the animated version of her look like sort of an exaggerated animated version of the real person. That's no. That was cool. I'll say that for this movie yeah
1: that that, that
0: was cool of the titular cool world my, my wife's take is that animated hollywood looked like brad pitt and drag and i think <laughs> that is kind of accurate they have the same soft pillowy lips like yeah. this movie has very young brad pitt when he's like at his hottest and i think is, is this right after thelma and louise like this obviously right after the- yeah. It's
1: literally like the next movie
0: obviously like he was not like that this was just a thing that that happened to come out right after the Thelma and Louise and like River runs through It is his real follow up it,
1: it is also um, a 92 film uh, yeah. which we will which we will talk about I he's mean, in that right <laughs> he is he is in that I'm, I'm looking up his filmography right now because I want to make sure that that it is the it is sorry so uh, Johnny Swade is technically the follow up to Thelma and Louise which also came out in 91 but in 92 he has Cool World and um, <clears throat> A River Runs Through It in California True Romance. I, you know, would argue that ninety-four interview with the vampire <clears throat> and Legends of the Fall is when Brad Pitt becomes Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, A River and Through It, I think was intended to be that, but then it was a snoozy Robert Redford movie about fly fishing. So I mean which I'm excited to cover at some point. But uh it does feel like he doesn't become, you know, a star until he's Legends of the Fall and he's a cowboy and he's. You know smiling at the camera and doffing his cowboy hat and what have you but um and then seven 12 monkeys the year after like that that's when he really kind of takes off but um he is uh not good in this uh I mean not that he could be not that I don't put that on Brad's shoulders but my god do I feel for him in this movie it just feels as though he's just drowning him and Gabriel Byrne both are like what is this movie
2: I think it might go ahead it might have something to i was thinking about this while i was watching it too because like they're they are two very good actors who i know are yes. very talented and yet yes. they're just completely lost here mm-hmm. and i think it might have something to do with the fact that they're not acting opposite anything anything yeah. when they're in there there's no tennis balls there's no yep. sticks there's no yep. like stand-in person mm-hmm. like the scene where brad puts his arm around what's her name the other one
1: uh Le- uh what's her name what's forgive the- me
2: Loretta or who something could, like that. Who
1: could ever f- remember, uh, forget Lynette's name?
2: <sighs> Lynette. Yeah. When he puts his arm around, he's literally doing what I'm doing right now, which is just yeah. putting my elbow in the air. Yeah, like, that's yeah, it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, so it should be said that last night I received a phone call. Um, I received a phone call from... Um, from
2: the Cool Worlds?
1: No, no, I wish. <laughs> the little uh, Red I don't Phone. don't wish. What am I talking about? Bar? I take that back entirely. Uh, I got a phone call from, <laughs> from uh, Emily's wife, Libby, uh, saying why are you making us watch this? <laughs> um, so I, and and I, <laughs> and I do think that uh, Libby and I had a moment where we kind of unpacked the film a little bit. And and I do think that one of the big, big differences between this film and Roger Rabbit is that Roger Rabbit's technical proficiency is off the charts, right? They're, mm-hmm. They are doing everything they can four years previous to uh, integrate the human's with the animated characters in a believable way and that um, threshold if you will is one of the things that makes that film so magical is that you buy into it you don't buy this for a second yes
0: Robert Zemeckis is like one of the great whatever his faults is like one of the great technical directors of all time he understands how all the toys work and like and Richard Williams is one of the great like animators in terms of extremely fluid motion that's going to fit into a real world setting ralph bakshi obviously is like this 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 legendary figure in american animation but uh he is not either of those things and like the fact that he is directing both halves of this movie is yeah. a huge reason uh it, it doesn't work i think um, he does
1: not know how to direct actors that's for sure no, no. um so i the I feel like a little bit of context is probably necessary on the Ralph Bakshi thing. I don't know if you've seen any of his other films by any chance, Emma?
2: I've only seen the Lord of the Rings one. I was right. I, I was looking him up yesterday. So I was like, I know I know him, but like, what yeah. has he done? I don't think I've seen anything else he's ever... Yeah. Done. I mean, Maybe he... like the Red and Stimpy or whatever that was that he did.
1: No. Yeah. he. So he, he sort of... Lord of the Rings and Heavy Metal are kind of the two things that he's known for. Yeah. Um, heavy Metal being this sort of um, adult... Cartoon that I would argue probably I mean uh, I don't know if it owes a debt to or vice versa to anime, but it definitely is in that kind of um pushing uh, animation into he, more adult world. He
0: had nothing to do with heavy metal
1: films. He
2: didn't.
0: He
1: did I, I don't
2: think so because I looked this up too.
0: He, oh, he may have produced it. I but uh, like he as far Wait. as like people listed oh, on the my, my uh,
1: apologies, I could have sworn yeah. he was he.
0: His big thing is is Fritz the Cat which is yeah. the first
3: also x-rated well, animated well, film. Yeah.
0: And the thing he does immediately preceding cool world that like sort of built his his presence back up after the sort of uh Lord of the Rings movie was was a flop was that he made this This Saturday morning cartoon version of Mighty Mouse, which I remember because I was not allowed to watch it because supposedly Mighty Mouse did cocaine in it. I don't know if that's true. I assume it
3: is. I hope it is.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so...
1: Okay, you know what? Heavy traffic is must be what I'm thinking of. Heavy, heavy metal traffic, heavy traffic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I did I, think
2: I I was convinced that he did do heavy metal until I looked it up probably yesterday and was like, actually, no, his name is not on this at all. Because there, there are yeah. some segments of that movie that look like him.
0: Maybe that's what it is. There is a really really great movie uh, vi- YouTube video by uh, Dan Olson, which is about Bakshi's career in in view of Lord of the Rings. And he goes through all these 70s movies, all of which are just like fucking horny as shit. And like (laughs) in a way that's like it's objectifying of of women, obviously, but it's so cartoonishly done that I don't want to say I don't mind because it's deeply misogynist, but I'm also kind of like wanting to pat him on the head and then like just sort of shove him away from me like one of my cats when they get too close yeah. like you know i i, I feel yeah. like i have trouble being threatened by it because it's so gross basically
2: well, it's he, nearly
0: yes yeah, please
1: sorry.
2: it's nearly satirized it's so yeah. ridiculous like right. in in cool world in his other uh stuff mm-hmm. i'm not sure not that i've seen it yes no it i will but it's, it's for sure yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so like it's the, it's the thing that I always kind of have trouble with, where uh, the depiction of something is so extreme as to be like you can't really tell if it's satirizing it or not. Where mm-hmm. like you know, I know his movies also um, there's a lot of like social commentary. There's a lot of like racial commentary in the in these things. But like you know, the things that you're also depicting are ra- racist, racist yeah. sexist. <laughs> i'm like okay how far are you gonna go with
1: this i do feel like he's also part of a time and by that i mean sort of you know early 70s what have you where you could not just get away with the subject matter and the the context but also get to make that type of stuff right like it felt so sort of anti-establishment and it was kind of shaking up you know the norms and what have you um but as things progress, and as he obviously learns very quickly with Cool World, the, the, everything's changing, right? And he, he's sort of given, as you mentioned, Emily, I get it a, a jail free card a little bit, which is sort of he has this resurgence of Mighty Mess into Adventures in the late 80s. In 1990, Bakshi <laughs> concepted a new film involving a cartoonist who created a comic book while in prison uh, that makes him an underground star. The cartoonist would go on to have sexual intercourse with a femme fatale doodle named Debbie Dallas, a play on the pornographic Debbie Does Dallas, uh, and, a, and father a hybrid child with her, half cartoon, half human. The child growing up, resenting its father for abandoning it, would grow up and go on to make a pilgrimage to the real world to hunt down and kill its father. So this is the original version of Cool World he wanted to make.
0: They remade this as the Fox sitcom Son of Zorn. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing only I remember, I think. But. Correct, correct. But so
1: like his original con- concept is is obviously much more horror-oriented, much more adult, um, is doing a whole bunch of stuff that this movie never does. But that is greenlit by Paramount. Like they're like, you're going to go make this uh he's attached to direct it he's attached to do it and they think it's going to be this big comeback and then a producer's brought on this frank mancuso jr uh led sort of to an extensive rewrite by uh michael grace and mark victor and an uncredited larry gross and basically all of this adult oriented horror is turned into an adolescent quote-unquote comedy fantasy on top of all of that you have kim basing her saying wouldn't it be great if I could show this to kids? Like she wanted to make a movie for kids. So
2: this is for kids. This is what th- they came up with.
1: Well, I mean, so all of this is to say, obviously, this production was was deeply flawed and 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 tumultuous. But I also feel like, and Ebert refers to this in his review, animation takes a long time. So what's happened is you're sensing, or at least I'm sensing. There are big swaths of animation in this movie that have nothing to do with anything, that are that that are not connected to the plot in any way. Where you're just sort of seeing a bunch of fucking cartoons beat the shit out of each other, or like get run over by cars, or whatever it is.
2: And those so, weird like floaty head things, yes, the sketches, yes. the sort of yes. and like
1: uh, okay, like it it almost has, and I I hate to even make this illusion, but like there is a Miyazaki kind of component <laughs> to it in the sense that it is this sort of and this isn't intentional so don't don't i'm not giving the movie any credit but miyazaki's stuff has this obviously has a um, a surreal kind of quality to it a dreamlike kind of quality to it and i think that this movie the animation stuff feels so disconnected from the plot it almost feels surreal it almost feels dreamlike unintentionally so there's something weirdly there i think i'm not i mean i'm Miyazaki's obviously a genius. I'm not suggesting that these are that these are connected in any real way, but this is all just to say that the animation stuff outside of Hollywood has nothing to do with the plot of this movie whatsoever what yeah do you, do you no. think that what was the what was the the, the, the egg what was his name?
0: <laughs> the real egg or the one I
2: made up? <laughs> the real.
1: Yeah, sorry. I'm just I'm just I, I just feel as though um there is sort of this gaggle of characters that exist, cartoon characters that exist that are sort of adjacent to our plot but don't actually have anything to do with the story.
0: There there's there's like, nails. Oh and, you're right, nails slash nails,
2: the yeah. the the classic character nails who's a bug?
0: <laughs> He's a spider. He's a
2: spider. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia page, uh, okay. and cool. uh, I, I liked Doctor Whiskers. I feel like
2: <laughs> oh, Doctor like Whiskers
0: build build a film around that guy. Like when we when Paramount comes to you, Phil, and says, "What do you want to do with Cool World?" You say nothing, nothing. but you know what? Doctor Whiskers explains it all.
1: Doctor Whiskers, give me Doctor Whiskers, and that's all I want. Uh, so I, I do um want to try. To unpack what happens in this movie, and by that I mean there 's a real lack of rules right <laughs> so i don 't know about you guys, but very early in this film this this movie sort of um, throws you into like outer space, like you feel completely unmoored you don 't know what 's happening and why it 's happening, um, and it never really explains itself and that starts with Brad Pitt comes back from war. <laughs> For he's reasons home that from
2: are... war. Home from war. <laughs> from World War for II, that... right? It, it was. I believe it was World War
1: Two. Yes, yes. Uh He's back from from war, and and for reasons <laughs> that are a little unclear to me, gets on a motorbike with his mom. He has a um, new
2: bike, and he wants to show bike. his mom, and then takes the bike for a joyride, and then with crashes.
1: Crashes. She dies. Yeah. He has like kind of war flashbacks as he's crawling towards her body. And then Doctor Whiskers pulls him into the Cool World
2: with the spike.
1: With the spike,
2: do you guys want sense. to
0: talk about something else? No, come on,
1: I do not. We're going to talk about Cool World. We'll talk God, about Babylon it, at the end, Emily. Like, but I, no. I
0: <laughs> but I, I'm just, I'm just saying we could, we could talk about, we could talk about whatever you want, Phil. What's up with you? <laughs> I do. I the only reason I want
1: to drill into this opening. Is portion of the film is because for me the the complete lack of logic how these two worlds speak to each other and transition between each other is a fucking fatal flaw of this movie like it is the reason that this movie is i would argue terrible because there's nothing to hold on to the reason one of the, the reasons re- the one of a, the reasons
2: the nail in the coffin is i just well
1: because it, 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 it's it's we're talking about the, the, the coffin. dna the spike in the cup. It's just it, it creates a scenario where as a viewer you're just like, I don't I don't know why anything's happening, so why should I pay attention?
2: Mm. Well, right, yeah. because he, he creates a spike, he's not really sure what it does. He doesn't know there's what's a, happening. There's a portal where he can see what's going on. Correct. But he can't use the portal. Correct. They have to transition from world to world by just like being glowing for a second. Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
1: And 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 then at the end you realize that he was able to use the portal.
2: Because well, Dr. Whiskers. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right.
1: He shows up in Vegas. Dr. Whiskers is
0: in the trench coat. <sighs> this is why Dr. Whiskers is the movie's <laughs> best character.
2: He's really if you don't understand Dr. Whiskers, you're not going you to understand, understand him. Cool He's yeah. crucial.
0: He's yeah. crucial, yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. And then there's a, a great, big time great jump. Movie. I I do I do time. think. Okay, so just just to yes, drill in, yes, please, drill please, into please. the Brad Pitt of it all. Yeah, please. You
2: know,
1: yeah.
0: I do think a World War II vet who's suffering mm-hmm. from PTSD, who's dragged into a world where nobody can die, yeah. and then like just opts to stay there. You know, even if it's like he's trapped there, but like he becomes more comfortable with a world where no one can sure. die, where the rules yeah. of everything are suspended. I think that's like a compelling premise for probably like a graphic novel. You know, sure. like I can see a version of that that's very good. I don't know why this movie has like like another protagonist on top of that.
1: <laughs> well, so funny you should bring it up, Emily, because originally Brad Pitt wanted to be the Gabriel Byrne character. Sure, um, he was pushing for that character, which is arguably you know the lead of this movie, the detective character. Really, and by the way, is shown sort of in in Frank's arc is. They don't really know what to do with him. You have two lead characters, essentially. So, like, there's Mm. two sort of parallel stories going on when really it obviously should just be one. Um, And so Brad's character kind of flits in and out of the movie whenever they feel like they need a cop or they need, like, some sort of a... Because he is Cool World Police. He flashes his animated badge at one point. Um, So I... I, You're not wrong, Emily. Like, Gabriel Byrne's character should be the lead of the movie.
0: How do you think he became, like, the sheriff of Cool World. Was it like a Seth Bullock and Deadwood situation? I, hope so. I he oh, just yeah. showed up.
3: Yeah.
1: I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, um, there are no other police? Did he just decide I'm the police?
2: <laughs> Maybe that's what Dr. Whiskers was like. We need, we need a police officer in the Cool World. Not that sure. there's anything that can really be done to anyone in this world, because they're just dropping anvils on each other's heads all day and nothing really happens.
0: If you show up in another yeah. world yeah. and you're like, I'm the cop now, I feel like <laughs> I feel like that says something about you and it's not something I'm particularly oh, inspired by. No, I would
3: agree with you.
2: This is I, the reason and, why we can't you know you can't run for office if you don't live in the county that you're supposed to be running for office in. Like he's completely out of yeah, his league here. Totally agree. How did this happen?
1: I mean, that speaks to Brad Pitt as well as Frank if we're being honest, because I think Brad Pitt is also struggling. There, There is a, a choice in this movie that I can't decide if I like or don't like. It's a visual choice, which is that sometimes sets are just made of wood. Like they're, they're literally just like, there's moments where people just like walk past a plank of wood that's painted with like a car
2: or something. I really loved this actually. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it looked so cool. Every so time it. they interacted with the set and it was like not a cartoon, <laughs> yes. but it was painted to look mm-hmm. loved it. Like this, this rules. This that is. That might
1: really be cool. the only good thing in this movie, but it did yeah. kind of make it. I'll be honest though, it did take me out of the movie because <laughs> it didn't actually keep me within its, you know what I mean? It, within yeah. the universe, but technically well, that, I was like, that, this looks rad.
0: That's why it's good because it takes you out of the movie. <laughs>
2: you don't want to be watching the that? movie. <laughs>
0: Touche. Uh, so I, I want to talk about Gabriel
1: Byrne for a second, who uh, in 1990, this is the only film he does in 1992. <laughs> there might be a wow. reason for that. Maybe he thought about leaving the industry after this. I, I don't know. Um, he's, you know, he's got Miller's Crossing in uh, in 1990, which, you know, he, he's in a lot of movies before this film. But when does Gabriel Byrne become Gabriel Byrne for you guys? Is it Little Women? Is it I,
0: Usual Suspects? Obviously. <laughs> obviously i didn't see this movie at the time it was released yeah. but like miller's crossing is when he really just like breaks out and becomes a thing yeah. so like i i guess you know um but yeah like when was i first cognizant of gabriel yeah. byrne as a person probably little women i don't know yeah you know
1: yeah i, I mean for me it was if i'm being honest with probably usual suspects was the first movie that because, I mean, I'm 15 when Usual Suspects comes out. That's a big movie, obviously. Um, and then I probably went back. I mean, I think I probably saw Miller's Crossing around that time. This is all just to say that, like, Gabriel Byrne is a great actor. But I think we kind of take him for granted. Like, he's in a lot of things. But I can't, like, point at a ton of performances of his or movies of his that I'm like, well, that's that's a Gabriel Byrne joint. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. We talked about him in End of Days uh in 99 which was fun and stigmata he was really inspired by the devil in 99 it seems i don't know Um,
0: he was in cool world and it it changed him
1: it it might have if i'm being honest it would have changed anybody uh so kim basinger is is uh is attached to this movie early on um in 89 she's got batman which obviously makes her into you know a, a not she's a big star before that nine and a half weeks and what have you but batman makes her into a household name probably um but she follows that up with the marrying man she also has another film in 92 called final analysis which we will be covering in our uh horny 90s thriller portion of this podcast uh because it's uh there's a lot of those emily so i hope you're i hope you're excited to talk about that um <laughs> that's got a thumbs up there to our listeners um she's in that
0: as yeah, uh, the the baby's crying
1: okay fair enough um so uh so that happens uh she's in a terrible remake of the getaway with her uh ex-husband alec baldwin um and she kind of goes she's kind of in the wilderness for most of the 90s and then she wins an oscar for like confidential uh she's very good in that movie but i would argue uh maybe she shouldn't have won the academy award in 1997 do you guys have thoughts on that? Who would you have given it to? Yeah,
3: I would it you have you given you to given it.
1: Julianne Moore for Boogie Nights. Hmm. That that would have been my pick.
3: Yeah.
0: I I don't think I would give it to Kim Basinger, but I'm not sitting here with like an obvious Is is Sweet Here after ninety seven?
1: It is. Uh
0: it I is. might give it to Sarah Pauley. I mean, listen. Yeah. you're not
1: going to get any pushback from me on that. But I, I will say that uh, I do want to look at the nominees uh, because I don't want to be talking out of school. Um, it was for supporting actress. It was Kim Basinger for *Fairly Confidential*, Joan Cusack for *In and Out*, Minnie Driver for *Goodwill Hunting*, Julia Moore for *Boogie Nights*, and Gloria Stewart for *Titanic*. Uh, I don't know, guys. Julia Moore, maybe even Minnie Driver. <laughs>
0: Uh, both of those performances I prefer. But do you have thoughts on this Emma? I really like I really love Joan Cusack. Uh actually. She's really good in that movie. She's good like, I love know, Joan Cusack. I- she's she's always great. Um this is all to say that this movie Cool World
1: stars Kim Basinger. Um and uh it doesn't do her any favors. Um wh- what did you think of Kim Basinger's performance uh when she became an adult, Emma?
2: Like a uh, he- Human adult
1: annoyed, if you will,
2: annoyed. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta use the right terminology here. <laughs> People are gonna be really confused. I mean, I uh, we're like past the the part where I'm like, oh, cool. She looks the same. Like that's kind of fun. Sure. Mm. I mean, it's yeah. the thing we were talking about earlier with like she's got that uncomfortable, like childlike yep. persona now, which I think yeah. I think she still kind of has as a cartoon. Yep. But just as a human, it it just it's weird and bad and porny in a way that I don't find sexy.
1: I agree. There's also this, um, not to not to get too plot heavy here, guys, because I know that this movie obviously is dense. But uh, when they do get back, and by they I mean Gabriel Byrne and her, um, they keep popping into different cartoons or or sorry, Doodle. doodles. Um, forgive me, uh, in the real world. So she keeps turning into a different doodle.
2: She keeps turning into a clown. Yeah, but why? I don't know. <laughs> if that was explained, I missed it. She,
0: she has assaulted the boundaries of nature and gone against God, so now she has to be a <laughs> clown.
2: God's like, you're a clown. So it's
1: religious. I get it. So now she's a clown. Fair enough. I, I and, and then Gabriel Byrne um, keeps turning into this sort of heightened, bizarre superhero kind of <laughs> tick like superman character. The tick. Almost? He's
2: the crimson chin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um really which I also don't understand.
2: I did not like that at all.
1: Yeah. And that's spoiler, how the movie ends, guys. That is literally <laughs> the final beat of this movie.
0: I
2: don't like that they
0: didn't make Gabriel Byrne do a superhero voice. He should have. I agree.
1: I agree. It might be by the way. Do you know that it isn't him?
0: It's Maurice LaMarche.
1: Oh, is it really?
3: That's
1: yes. Funny. Um. So, okay. I, 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 I want to talk for a quick second here about uh, a controversy that I didn't even know happened, guys. Uh, a, a controversy that um that i that I sent you both a, an article from. Uh, is the controversy from that
2: They made this movie.
1: Uh, shockingly not the <laughs> the shock controversy. Uh, is that they turned the Hollywood sign. <laughs> into a 75 foot tall cutout of Hollywood. They put her on the D at the end of Hollywood of the Hollywood sign. Um, And uh, really pissed off the, the people that live in the city of Los, of Los Angeles, Hollywood. Uh, I guess basically Paramount paid $27,000 to the city and an additional $27,000 for cleanup after the 92 LA riots. And, they felt like because they did that, they should get to put a 75 foot Kim Basinger on the Hollywood sign. And and understandably the residents were like, fuck that. They did it anyway. They should have left it. They should she should still be there.
2: Yeah, justice. Do- justice for Hollywood on Hollywood.
1: <laughs> I want to know where it is though. Because that, that sign is there somewhere there's a 75-foot Kim Basinger D sitting somewhere.
2: Probably some weird, horny. <laughs> person who loves cool world the one cool world fan wanted
1: on ebay from ralph Bakshi. was like yeah i mean it's it sounds right i just didn't know there were protesters it was a whole thing um and i don't know i think it's funny
2: this but... reminds me yes. of mm-hmm. one of my first articles that i wrote for yes. vanity fair as a news weekend blogger mm uh was about the time that they this was in 2017 maybe uh they some person like went up to the hollywood sign and changed the two e's or changed the, the two o's to e's but made it Hollywood, which turned out to be like something that had happened before oh really it was yeah it was like an anniversary or something of the first time that they created the hollyweed sign and I, then they did th- it again i didn't know there was
1: i all i remember is it happened early in the trump administration and people like when people were just <laughs> feeling like chaos reigns so let's just make the hollywood sign into hollyweed it, was, I didn't know it was
2: 19 an 1976 uh, someone that, did that it that's right and then in 2017 someone did it again
1: around the time that Fritz the cat was out was when uh was when they decided to wow i, I so I, it is a weird thing i agree with emily they should have left holly up there i mean yeah. there's no better mascot for hollywood than hollywood
0: phil phil please keep putting us back on topic i really love when we talk about this movie and not other things like how sometimes the hollywood sign has said hollyweed on at least two (laughs) occasions in the past
1: it said hollywood land at one point too emily i don't know if you know that
0: oh i I do know that and then bojack horseman it says Hollywoo. let's just listen the hollywood sign rich cultural icon happy to talk about that for the next 45 (laughs) minutes
1: have you been to the hollywood sign emily
0: no, I've always wanted to do that hike up where you can kind of get up next to it. Every time, I, I, my wife has been rewatching the movie Elvis, and there's a scene where they all That's hang crazy. out at the yeah. Hollywood sign. Yeah. And I, yeah. I always just want to go right up there, but you can't get there, you know.
1: Uh, well, not not legally. You're not supposed to go up there, um, but you can.
0: Have, have you gone up there, Phil? Have you I, I illegally have trespassed? I'm have
1: close. I'm now confessing to my crime. No, I've, I've, I've been very close. It's, it is, I don't know. It's a cool thing. It's a weird thing when you think about it, but someone was like, we're going to build a sign. It's just it's weird that it exists. Here's another it was, question. It
0: was like yeah. it was like a real estate thing, right? It they were like Hollywoodland, like. Uh, and Phil has had his Elvis moment, Emma. It was when he went against the wishes of his manager to record a Christmas special that was more in keeping with the tones of today's youth rather than that of the 1940s. I was
3: like,
1: where is this going? What is happening?
0: <laughs> um, I
1: mean, I I too uh, have been Elvis pilled. Uh, it's interesting because the first time I saw Elvis in the theater, I didn't love it. And then um, Baz Luhrmann said that he was inspired by Amadeus. And I was like, oh, now I get it. I, I get that, that Tom Hanks is Salieri. I was like, now it makes sense to me, actually.
2: I just watched it like a couple days mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. on my television screen.
1: Indeed. Yeah.
2: It doesn't play great on my television screen.
1: But How big is your television screen?
2: It's like, I mean, it's not like a little tiny, okay. you know, it's pretty big. So you're saying but, you, you know. think it would
1: have played better in a movie theater is what you're getting at.
2: I think in a movie theater, I would have gotten um, a migraine and or a seizure uh, and or blood leaking out of my eyes. I think that's what would have happened if I'd actually so seen the movie fan. the way that it was meant to be seen. My <laughs> I
0: think that movie blood? is
2: danger, like physically dangerous to watch that movie. I'm surprised people survived it.
0: My favorite uh Review of Elvis. My favorite description of it is from a positive review on Letterboxd that says it is a hundred and fifty-minute montage with cross-cutting that would give Eisenstein a stroke. And I am like, "Yep, <laughs> that's yeah. right." Yeah.
1: But that's Baz Luhrmann in a
0: nutshell. This is the but most so he's intense. ever been.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's the most movie he's ever made. I think it's
0: great. I like. I fucking love it. But it is yeah. absolutely just, just absolutely off the leash in a way he's like really never been before.
1: It does feel yeah. I mean, what was his pre- was Great Gatsby, his previous film to this? Great Gatsby. That's he has big gaps because I guess his movies are I don't know, tough to fund or what have you. But like it is a crazy movie but I I don't know. I I really I love Baz. I think he's I don't think anyone's doing what he's doing. I I actually thought this was the year he was going to get nominated for best director. Because I felt like Elvis had made enough money and like had enough goodwill behind it, and I was like, "Is this the one?" And then, of course, Baz got Bazed again, and you know,
0: Tom. Listen, Tom Hanks got COVID for us making that movie. How, did. Do, how do we feel about that?
1: Feels okay. Feels all right to me. Feels fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Phil. I see the little wheels turning in your head we got to get back to Cool World. We do not have to get back to Cool World.
1: I'll just, I I will say this um, about Elvis. Um, That Elvis is a great movie um, and that uh, it's better than Cool World. Can we give it that, Emma?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, good.
1: The fact that you're even questioning that. I mean, come on now.
2: I am thinking. I was thinking of a way to transition us back to Cool World, and I remember that both of these movies take place primarily in uh, Las Vegas. Correct. Correct. Is that true? The,
1: the, well, the third act of this
0: film takes place in
1: Las Vegas. Right, because um, they're
2: it, in the Cool World for most of the movie.
0: Right. Like
2: Elvis never uh, went there.
1: Ish.
0: Yes, Emma? Like, Cool World is like a neighborhood within Las Vegas, like Toontown in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> like, kind
1: of. It feels that way. Because, like... So I, I want to say that I watched um, Monkey Bone uh, uh, about a, uh, two weeks ago for Blank Check to to keep up with the Blank Check podcast, um, and to watch Monkey Bone and Cool World this close together, I highly, highly disregard. D- d- do not think people should do that. Um, don't do it; it'll break your brain. I think both these films do have a similar vibe to them in the sense that the rules rules be damned. There's two worlds. Uh, and they both, I think, actually have a somewhat similar sense of humor as well. And by that, I mean gross and kind of horny and just not not great. Um, but Cool World uh, does sort of... I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to explain... The the the, the vaguest component of this film actually I think kind of hurts this movie. Like, I actually think that you need the real world to be, like, more sane. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, to... to have these the the two worlds are are kind of both too manic and too crazy it's like crazy times two as opposed to like actually having a yin and yang component do you know what i'm saying
2: so like you're saying vegas vegas is the cool world of of reality kind
0: of (laughs) yes that's true that's a good that's a good point emma thank you have we all been to vegas who's been to vegas i've never been
2: You've never been to Vegas. Never been to Vegas. I know. I need to go, go rob a casino or something. Sometimes. Well,
1: that's you could just go. You could also not rob. I don't know that you would like Vegas. I, 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 <laughs> I and I don't say that as a judge. Like Vegas is an exhausting place. I think you can. I, I'm speaking for myself. I've only done Vegas. I think for a max of like three days. I think then you top out at like how much you can take of it.
2: I don't um, really know any like card like games were i don't know how card games card games i don't know the little card games that they play in the casinos in i don't know jack? how slot machines work no uh slot, you've I motor won't... skills right i i mean i don't that's a slot machine. <laughs> Uh the one and only time i've ever played poker i played it with a, a couple people i went to college with and uh one of them at a certain point in the game they were like dealing cards out and uh he turned to me and he was like you have a really good poker face and i said well the reason i have a very good poker face i'll tell you it's because i don't know what's going on i don't know if any of the cards i have are good or bad or fine i have no reaction i mean i I hear
1: that but i also agree with your friend that i imagine you would have a very good poker face (laughs) because i do feel as though there is a very sort of like deadpan component to you that i think feeds into uh, and, you know, there's the
3: you're, there's an
1: element of 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 you're a little misanthropic, so I think that that plays into when you're in a at a table with a bunch of people, you know what I mean? Playing that sort of like, yeah, there's mm-hmm. something there. I okay. get that.
2: Emily, I, are you good at poker? I'm misanthropic. I'm.
0: I have, I'm, I'm good at online poker I'm not even good at that. I'm, I'm just like, you know, I, I have played poker against uh artificial intelligence opponents and one on occasion. That is how good I am at poker. Okay.
3: That's okay. pretty good. Okay.
0: Um, no, these are bad. Like, this is like 2001. When this was happening. Um,
2: yes. You're not yeah. playing against like chat GPT now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet they're pretty formidable.
0: I'm, now thinking about cool world because all you know my brain was like noids or doodles which are you i'm annoyed um the uh uh the i'm thinking about how often there's this concept of somebody is drawn in an animator Uh illustrator something is drawn into the world they're created or an artist of some sort has their creation come into our world and i don't know that i've ever seen a good version of it like I'm obviously probably blanking on one because my brain has just been destroyed by this movie but you know
1: it is it is tough I think it is interesting what you're talking about the the the, the conceit of uh sort of writer's creation comes to life mm-hmm. has never really worked and I don't know if it's yep um,
2: what was the Paul Dano movie was it a Paul Dano Ruby movie? Sparks Ruby yeah. Sparks that's what I'm thinking of.
1: It's okay. I don't love Ruby Sparks. I mean, I was gonna no, say maybe. I
0: think that's the best by default. Yeah. Like
1: I Yeah. It might be. I-, I think that it is funny that you bring it up because I've been sort of chewing on this pitch idea that I've been sort of grappling with that. I-, I won't get into the details of it, but I will say that 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 there is sort of this component that you're talking about of of like um writers creation potentially coming to life and i do think that audiences i would argue probably feel like it's not like it's just too clunky like it's too on the nose on some level do you know what i mean like i i don't know that audiences want to go along on something that feels so like you know boldly narcissistic (laughs) of the writer
2: it's like it. It can be like cringe in the way that like self-insert fan fiction is cringe, where it's just like this is just about you. Like this is just something for right. you. This isn't, g- you know, good. It's right. It does yeah.
1: feel like Woody Allen does traffic in this, you know, uh, terrain of you know writers. Yeah. There's so many writer characters in his movies. There's <laughs> is straight up laughing right now. But I'm
2: imagining Woody Allen's version of Cool World. Did, More I mean, horny he,
1: or less?
0: <laughs> he did make purple rose of cairo which is like yeah. in this vein but that is the crucial thing there is that the main character in that movie did not create that person it is it's like last action hero which is like yes, yes, yes. closely related but different in terms of your being like okay this is the difference between movies and reality it is not the difference between a thing that i created and then myself
1: what it also it creates to your point it creates a, 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 a dynamic between the protagonist and said character that comes into this world that, that's sort of befuddling and they don't understand what's going on whereas a writer when their creation comes to life it almost seems like well yeah of course it did do you know what I mean like it, it doesn't it doesn't. Yeah. Don't seem that surprised yeah. by it it's like I'm that brilliant.
0: Bill is the project you're pitching uh, Dr. Whisker's Origins a cool world story because I'm, <laughs> I'm first in line <laughs>
1: no comment um i <laughs> i think uh, i i do want to just uh rewind very quickly just speaking of the vegas stuff there is an, an odd scene in this movie where uh jack goes to a comic book store which you might remember he
0: was in jail i just remember he's in he murdered someone <laughs> he
1: no murdered no no he he was in a room with mom? a a murdered person and they assumed oh, okay. he did it classic i mean also okay let's just talk for a second about jack's jail time and the fact that jack had a full animation setup inside his jail cell
3: That's
2: it looked like shanghai when you behave when you behave in jail you get little perks sometimes you get easels to draw your horny cartoons on <laughs>
1: So, yeah. And then as he's leaving, he's getting high fives from all the guys in the he's cells. Like,
2: Everyone loves him. Like they probably in- got all the little trinkets, all the cigarettes together to purchase his easel. His easel? Yeah, there's a from Morgan the, Freeman the in the this jail store. that gets him an easel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. But that being said, he gets out of jail um,
0: uh, for, for a crime he... Didn't commit for a crime that is completely unrelated to the story,
1: and and told to him by a customer at this comic book store. We are backfilled on this by some grouchy customer that's like, "Why don't you write a comic with that guy you killed?"
2: I'm glad he gave (laughs) us all the details when he was explaining it to the person who may or may not have done it.
1: It was so the the whole the reason I wanted to 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 point out this scene is that the energy in this scene is so bizarre. Jack has written it seems hundreds of comics in the Cool World universe, right? So he, he knows that he's famous. So walking into a comic book store, you shouldn't be surprised by the fact that all these people want your autograph. And yet he seems just like how is all this happening?
2: Did he it's write very them- odd before he went to jail or in jail was he publishing these like 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 prison memoirs was he publishing the cool world comics like from prison
0: now that's an interesting wrinkle because if cool world was already successful before he went to prison like imagine if charles schultz was in a room where a murder could happen and people Hmm. were like we need peanuts we need laughter so they gave like i could see them giving him a full artistic setup you know behind bars can you please write the Charles Schultz prison movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, it's a, it's called uh, Charles Schultz in Jail: A Peanut Story.
2: <laughs> a peanut Story. We're working for. Uh, peanuts. I. Uh,
1: so he has this scene in this comic book store where the girl behind the counter kind of hits on him.
2: Classic, and- uh, sexy comic book store employee with a huge head of hair and a weird and and cleavage and cleavage yeah Yeah. they're all over the planet i get them every time i go into forbidden planet like wow (laughs) you're all so hot in here how is this possible can
1: i just say i've been into a fair amount of
0: comic book stores in my life i've never seen a woman working in one (laughs) let alone (laughs) i've seen i've seen women working in but like definitely they are not a even if they look like that, which, you know, they aren't dressed like that. It is, no. it is just a, it's a, it's a nightmare. Every, everything about this movie is horny. And I just, <laughs> my brain is just not, I'm annoyed. I'm not a doodle. That's why I can't, no, it's
1: you fair. Know. To, to piggyback yeah. on the horniness for a quick second here, because I feel as though it's worth noting that Brad Pitt's character is a virgin. Um, he was at
2: war. He was in the war okay during his formative years of course he's a virgin and then he was transported to the cool world where it's illegal to to bang
1: (laughs) illegal to bang that they should be wearing t-shirts the doodles should be wearing t-shirts that say illegal to bang don't do it don't do it uh but he is in love with lynette uh a character we don't know anything about um she just lives in an apartment um and they kind of uh they flirt yes emily
0: I I didn't. I literally didn't have anything to say. So I I, I do. She lives say, in an apartment, and they flirt. Is you know description it. of so many people. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: he is tempted by Lynette, who seems to be his kind of quote unquote girlfriend like they clearly have not consummated their relationship and yet at the same time everyone and by everyone I mean all the other doodles are like hey man when are you and Lynette gonna do the deed and and obviously Brad's like oh you and that's kind of it um but at the end of this film at the end of the film Frank is pushed off of a balcony by Holly and dies in Vegas Falls at least 50 stories um, and dies. But the nails brings, I, I did, I'm literally going to read this because I, it. nails brings frank's body back to cool world where he and lynette mourn his loss however as she finds out from nails that holly was briefly in her doodle form when she killed frank she explains that annoyed killed by a doodle in the real world can be reborn as a doodle in cool world frank is transformed into a doodle allowing him to continue his relationship with lynette
2: hey phil
0: how hard has it been to explain that particular set of rules in the world of Doctor Whiskers Origins, a cool world story? In all your it's pitch much
2: meetings.
3: It's much easier. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's pretty simple actually. When you when you when you break it down, I mean, I have visuals, so it's easier to understand. <laughs> but I mean, it is to 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 quote blank check. This is a sweaty ending where you're just like, wait, what now? She was a doodle for a second when she pushed him off the thing. So now, we, and all of this. Is so he can lose his virginity and finally fuck Lynette.
2: It's the plot of the thing. Will they have sex? That's the answer it. is yes. <laughs> also, his doodle form? Horrible. really, Absolutely crazy. horrific looking. Yeah, really I hated upsetting. it. <laughs> really hated it.
0: You can tell you know, I, I, as 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 a queer person, I really firmly believe that everybody's a little bit queer. I'm not sure I believe that of Ralph Bakshi because I don't think he knows what makes a man attractive. I think he has no fucking clue. Like that sounds right. Like like brad pitt looks like a tadpole person and and gabriel Byrne is like a you know a a, A like a a superhero caricature he no he just he looks like superman went to the beach and was like hey how are you doing there's a caricature artist he looks like if a caricature artist drew superman no sexy no sexy boys in this
1: no sexy boys in this um, I will
2: say I, yeah. the real, the real world version of Gabriel Byrne, hot, very sure. good looking. Sure. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I he loved was, it. <laughs> hot, hot man. Gabriel but, but, Byrne. I mean, Brad's hot. looking good at this point, guys. Like Brad's not. I mean, like, here's the thing. Brad Pitt is like, young Brad Pitt is like a legendarily attractive man. Young yeah. Gabriel Byrne, I feel like we don't give him as much credit. Also I very attractive.
1: I, I agree with that. And I would also say that Brad Looks better in Thelma and Louise. Looks better in Legends of the Fall. He doesn't look great in this movie. Well,
2: he doesn't have the weird hair in any of those yeah. movies. Like he's got a weird. He's got this like the suit that's really Ugh. big. I. Ha- Ooh, it's like a bad.
1: pompadour. It's like this bizarre kind of. And yeah, they I keep
2: making it. him trying to make him say like, "But a thing, hey, I know, like, sh- 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 shut up." Uh. That's all yeah. he says as a doodle when he gets his wish and gets transformed into a cartoon. Uh. Just uh, like, a I'm
0: like, oh no, uh, I hate that. I hate Frank yeah. Sinatra Jr.'s in this movie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> I so I I, I do just want to. Uh, I have done probably close to 400 episodes of 1999. This other, uh, not this podcast, but other podcasts, and I've never actually typed in this sentence into my notes honestly what the fuck is going on Um, the third act of this movie in Vegas is absolute fucking anarchy like it's people in Vegas turning into dogs for no reason turning into animated dogs It's, it's absolute fucking chaos you've no idea what is happening why it's happening I think it
0: might be because of the spike that Holly is trying to get I mean, it's obvious that the spike has been compromised because Holly and uh, Jack have had sex and Holly has become real, which means that the two worlds have crossed over in a way in which they're not supposed to. Therefore, they're beginning to blend together. It's like two universes crashing into each other. And so there's just arbitrary effects happening everywhere. And of course, this is all very clearly explained when Brad Pitt like gets up and gives a lecture in a in a study hall or something
2: he has his little pointer out and he's doing he's got diagrams behind him i
1: mean it's it's Remember it's an scene? absolute mess
2: in a way this is a lot like uh spider-man into the spider-verse where all the universes are crashing together in catastrophic yeah. ways yes.
0: i here's the thing i think the problem is this movie tries to explain some things. If it was explaining nothing uh-huh. at all, I think sure. you could appreciate it more as like a chaotic thing, right. but it tries it's, it's like constantly giving you exposition that makes no sense. Cause it's only giving you like 33% of what you need. And it's just, it's just impossible to follow.
2: And it handles all these like last minute explanations as like twists mm-hmm. when really they should be payoffs to something that came before like the right. the the fact that if you die killed by annoyed you become annoyed and you are alive again should have happened like way before the end of the movie i feel like At the start of
0: the third act, there's just a rapid scaling up to the stakes being the fate of two worlds hangs in the balance. And you're like, what? I was not expecting Cool World to go there. It's like if a random episode of Step by Step was suddenly like, we have to stop this bomb from exploding and destroying Point Pleasant, Wisconsin.
2: I'll be honest, I I did go wash some dishes while the chaotic climax of this movie was (laughs) there.
0: i was assembling furniture and it was making me mad assembling the furniture and then i would look up and look at the movie and it would make me more mad and like i I think my marriage almost ended to be clear
1: i mean i definitely um sensed libby's real anger through the telephone when she called me it was it was not it it it, it definitely i i to the point where i literally had to say I swear we won't have to watch that many bad movies, Libby. Like, I, I genuinely felt bad that that I was even um, suggesting
0: this, but, uh, you know. I briefly happened. tried to convince you that I liked this movie, and I just didn't have the steam. I love a good you bit. You tried. I just really didn't did. have the steam. This is, like, one of the 20 worst movies I've ever seen.
1: It's shockingly bad. I mean, it, 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 as you're watching it, and I do think that Ebert kind of puts it best where he's like, it's just, it's a grossly incompetent movie. Like, it's just, you you can't help but sort of be like, how is this really happening? Um, I The, the, the
0: yeah. physical compositing of animated and real world is just so ineptly done, which you would not expect from someone who is an animator and, like, has, has sort of studied the techniques that, like, Disney would use for, like, Mary Poppins and shit, and, like, sure. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. It's so. It's so gross. It's, like just,
1: it, it's really gross.
2: It's interesting, also, because, Bakshi's so much of Bakshi, Bakshi's animation is rotoscoped. Yeah. Even yep. in this movie, so you know that he has some idea of like how to translate real motion into animation. But then trying to have both of those things together at the same time is isn't it. But it's weird even then because when you think about the other movies that he's done, I believe after Fritz the Cat, he did a couple of movies that did combine yep. real world like filmed stuff with 2D animation. Maybe not to this extent, but it, it was like he was doing it.
1: <clears throat> I, I think that, you know, <clears throat>
2: when
1: you when you do a little bit of reading on the production of this film, you can see that like there's a there's a serious problem when it comes to script right like there's clearly a lot of rewrites going on there's a lot of stuff going on and then animation which takes as much time as it does you can't help but just feel like this thing was destined to never work like you you if you look at a roger rabbit for instance right like you need a not just because that script is fantastic but you need something like fully locked in something that we're all working towards a common goal that we all understand and it's clear that like no one's in the same movie Right? Like, Brad doesn't know what movie he's in, really. Gabriel certainly doesn't know what movie he's in. Kim Basinger thinks she's making a movie for kids. Like, you're just like, what, no one is on the same page. So, you know, and on top of it, back she has no business directing actors. So, like, on top of all of that, you just, I'm not sure that he even really understands tonally what he's going for.
0: And the animation itself is really jerky, you oh. know? and like there's there's a scene where a bunch of the characters are dancing and it just keeps looping the dancing Mm -hmm. it's 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 yeah i don't know it it, uh, (laughs) It, it's it's really bad
2: the the scene where what were you saying oh sorry uh the scene where holly and jack Mm -hmm. are finally having some finally Finally, having sex the answer to the question at last yeah you get this intercutting with her little like minion people building really? like a tower of garbage to try, <laughs> to try to, try to watch the them. And it's so strange because it's, it's her, she, I think she is mainly rotoscoped in this mm-hmm. scene. And then you get the, you know, you, you keep cutting too men too many times. You keep cutting back to the, this group of other characters who are, Definitely not. There's no translation from the real world to the cartoon world. In, in these guys, it's they're completely they're like a like weird like 1930s looking like yep. Yep. everyone's got gloves on their hands type animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in that scene, her motions are so fluid, and their motion like it's like they had like animation cells removed mm-hmm. from. Uh, The action and it's just the weirdest one of the weirdest things i've ever seen it's
1: also um repeated right like they build the tower and then it falls and then they just do the it's literally the same animation a second time
2: and you're like i wish i was watching these two characters have sex i would rather see that happen which is which in (laughs) and and of itself speaks volumes
1: (laughs) like you're and as has been
2: established none of us in this call enjoy cartoon porn.
1: (laughs) No, we're all anti cartoon porn. It it, it, it is interesting how, um, so this movie gets a PG 13 rating, um, and it's definitely skirting the line. Um, because that sex scene is not okay. I mean, it's, it, it, we didn't, first of all, we didn't need to see as much as we saw. And I do feel as though it's unsettling. Um, it should also be said, too, that, you know, you mentioned that Roger Rabbit's a horny movie, and it is, for sure. I mean, Baby Herman, very horny character. Uh, I mean, and Jessica obviously, Rabbit's whole Jessica Rabbit is crazy. Presence. Is crazy, right? <laughs> um, but, like, there is something about her being drawn and written in a way that is sort of obviously the femme fatale, and it's in on the joke, and there's kind of this winkiness towards you know, the patty cake joke, for instance, like all these things that are there that as a kid, I totally didn't get, but now I'm like, Oh, that's clever. This movie has Holly like barely clothes as well. Like, you know, essentially this voluptuous, ridiculous sort of hourglass body. Um, And her clothes are like barely covering her body. Uh, And it feels gross. I would argue that with Jessica because of the genre that it exists in a little bit, it feels almost like not as gross. I'm not meaning to suggest that I, that I find the horniness of Roger Rabbit necessarily acceptable, but do you sort of, what I'm saying.
2: I mean, it is is definitely funnier. Like that movie is horny and funny because it is, you know, that's fine.
0: It's working on multiple axes. And so you can appreciate it in different ways. Uh, We're still talking about. no. We're we're almost done.
1: I'll, I'll just say this. Um, on on the patreon uh i've been doing i've started a new podcast of so double bills and i do think that roger rabbit and cool world would it would have been an interesting double bill we're basically <laughs> doing tr- that we are basically doing that but <laughs> but i do think there is something in terms of if i was you know in hollywood in 88 and i saw roger rabbit i would think to myself like there's you know can there be other ways to do this the idea of animation and live action being brought together so seamlessly as it was in that film i can understand that being inspiring right so like i could understand somebody thinking this was a good idea that's basically what i'm getting at and then realizing like oh this is terrible this is all bad someone, yes i'm looking yes
0: yes okay cool yes no i i like um i i i went sort of looking for people who like this movie because really i always i always look for the contemporaneous reviews and most of them are just saying what we're saying which is this is a bafflingly incompetent movie that should (laughs) never have been made and there but however uh this is linked on wikipedia uh, but there is a very good review of this film in the Encyclopedia of Fantasy, which is a book that okay. I have turned to many times. Uh, the author, John Grant, wrote that Cool World stands as one of the fantastic cinema's most significant achievements in instauration fantasy that reveals greater depths with each viewing. Instoration fantasy is a term that they came up with for that book, which basically means a, a, when reality is changed to reflect another world. Okay. And they the most significant example is the uh, fantasy novel little big by john crowley one of my favorite books of all time and now i hate cool world even more because it and little big do not deserve to be discussed in the same sentence anyway i have a roll of paper towels right here what have you all used paper towels for in the past can We're we talk about, about that? that
1: we are we are we not talk talking about paper, about paper towels? towels that is not it, what we are doing but i do I, have I, a I, leak
2: I... in my ceiling we could talk about it's dripping right now You could probably That's... hear it over
1: i simply refuse to talk about either of these subjects (laughs) um i I do for for a brief second we 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 are don't worry we're, we're almost done the emily's getting close to the camera that's never a good sign um we're near the end of our cool world episode but i i have to ask as we rate this film i before this podcast had this movie at a 20. Um, how would you... How, oh, before the podcast, okay. Before the podcast, I had it at a 20. After this podcast, I'm at like a 12. I, I mean, I I really don't know that I can uh, even really get into the, the 20s with this. But uh, where, where are you at, Emma?
2: I think before, my only conception of this movie was that it sucked. <laughs> so I was probably at like maybe a 10. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... I guess, well... Maybe I'm doing this wrong. Before watching the movie, I was at a 10.
1: Okay. Then you watched a- it.
2: After watching the movie, maybe a 15. Like, okay, okay. Bad still. Yeah. But yeah, there yeah. are things in the movie that I was sort of surprised that I enjoyed. Like uh-huh. the set design, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the end of lists. <laughs> Um, And I think I'm still there. Yeah. I, okay. You guys have not changed my opinion. Not that any no. opinion needed to be changed no. in this talk. Yeah, 15. Okay. Cool world, 15.
1: Emily?
0: I came into this podcast uh, at about a two. <laughs> but I got to say, Emma's point about how sometimes there is a pretty cool element of set design has brought me up to a three.
2: So. <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: I mean, um, <laughs> I love that that emma gets credit for that even i brought it out. up though I brought it, but that's fine listen that's fine.
0: listen listen phil fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. phil believe women that's
1: fine. <laughs> oh my god uh, so i <laughs> i i want to apologize emma uh for,
2: for making you watch
1: me. for making you oh. watch uh well i believe you obviously but uh well, for making you watch this
2: I, I know chose you did it. you gave me two options one of which i think i probably would have liked
1: and I still, uh, I still want you to come on for that because I think that that okay. I do think. You, I mean, the other movie that I brought up to Emma was *Delicatessen*, the Jean-Pierre Jeunet film, um, which is actually a great movie. Um, so you, you, you really should come back when we do talk about *Delicatessen* because I do think you'd like. Do you, are you a Jean-Pierre Jeunet fan? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen *Delicatessen* quite honestly, but
2: I know I've seen. what was, was *City of City Lost, of Lost Children? Children*? Yeah, I've seen
1: that. Amelie. What was
2: the- Amelie, oh yeah sure
1: oh boy uh i think it, that's that that was not a that, that was not a face of someone who liked
3: Amelie. i mean
2: i watched that movie when like in like the early 2010s when everyone was sure. like oh my god it's the best movie of all time and that was kind of the thing that i was like this is not the best movie of all time like relax yeah.
0: i do like Amelie, though.
2: it's good it's good it's
0: yeah. a good it's i feel like i feel like for a while there it had, had a Shawshank redemption style reputation. Yes, like, yes, yes. There yes. has never been a better movie. And mm-hmm. it's just like there have been many better movies. Come yes, on, everybody. Yes. Let's calm down. Yes. Um, it
1: it I'll, it's, I'll, it's I'll, a really I'll... I mean his movie's obviously visually uh very arresting. And Amelie is such a it's a really beautiful film to look at. Um, so I think that people were kind of taken with it's whimsy and this, that, whatever. But what's funny about uh, and we'll talk about all of this on our delicatessen episode, but I'll just say that um uh him going his he only has one uh studio american film and it's alien resurrection um a movie (laughs) that is very divisive people really hate alien resurrection i actually kind of like alien resurrection but um it's yeah it it, he's it's a fascinating career um he's he's a fascinating guy but um, I,
0: I I do think part of the Amelie thing was that movie came out or free, I think it debuted at the in the U.S. at the Toronto Film Festival it and it, it played that Toronto Film Festival right in the smack dab middle of it is the September 11th terrorist attacks, right. and as I recall, I think it was David Poland who was like the way that we heal the world is we get everyone and just put free screenings of Amelie on, and I was like, I do remember what the that. fuck, I do remember. how, I can you imagine. If we were like, this movie will make you feel better and we just made everybody watch Amelie. Like if that we just
1: made the if we turned Amelie into our new god.
2: <laughs> yeah. What would be the movie from this year that people would be like? This one after some horrible global event, we have to just show free screenings. Top
0: gun maverick.
2: Top gun maverick.
0: It would be yeah, it would be Make Top gun everyone
2: maverick. super patriotic. Join yeah. the I think
0: it military. Should be. I think it should be tar. I think that like <laughs> everyone in the world would be inspired by lydia tar
1: i i do think though it is interesting uh to go back to the amelie uh 9 11 thing i do think that that movie at that moment is also part of it do you know what i mean because it's such a it, it's all about like you know bringing happiness into other people's lives and like the whole like kind of Princess Diana, Mother Teresa, kind of thing. I do understand why everyone was like, "Oh, Amelie is the greatest movie ever." And then in hindsight, you're sort of like, "It's it's nice. It's a it's a it's a nice rom
0: com." What's kind of crazy is it didn't even win the Oscar for foreign language film. It, didn't. it lost to No Man's Land, which is a good movie. I've seen it, but but Amelie has think, certainly I had a longer the, lasting footprint.
1: Yeah, I do think that Amelie the, the the bloom came off the rose for Amelie relatively quickly. Um, I, I do think it's interesting how I mean people people fucking turn on movies quick, man. Uh, and and even back then, but now it's like days.
0: If you're lucky, a movie can last on Twitter. People can be fans of it on Twitter for like 24 hours. But yeah. uh, I'm realizing I'm trying to remember Amelie and just picturing Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character from The Walk. So I maybe like it. Just like there's something about it that just do strikes me similar.
2: as being like, oh, well, oh f- extremely French. French. Yeah, yes,
1: yeah, yes, yes, uh, yeah. I mean amelie also kind of a weirdly horny movie <laughs> i know mm-hmm. that that's not something that people think about but it is rated r it does have like a a, a, a sequence of multiple people having orgasms that she's imagining across all of paris uh it's it's a, it's an interesting movie um, i uh but we will talk to like a next week however emma i'm curious if you have thoughts on this film i don't know if you've seen this movie have okay. you seen far and away is that a movie you've seen before
2: no
1: shaking her head in disbelief that it's even a movie uh you should look it up it's uh tom cruise nicole kidman directed by ron howard it's about the uh land rush uh you've seen it emily right
0: nope
1: interesting
0: i like i I haven't seen a lot of 92 movies and far and away i have watched the trailer many times because i wanted nicole kidman's hair but who didn't
1: sure uh so it is a interesting movie i'm very curious to hear your thoughts on it emily it is a big sweeping epic came out in the summer of 92 tom cruise nicole kibben ron howard we have ashley lyle coming on who is a enormous fan of far and away the biggest far and away fan i know of
0: um she can't wait to talk about it uh yes i'm gonna have to after i shit all over a few good men in front of some like really big few like now i feel like i, I feel pressure to like far and away no, 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 uh, you should.
1: <laughs> do not because i'm not going to ride particularly hard for far and away i don't imagine um it is uh it the reason i uh obviously want to bring on ashley for this episode is because first of all it was the first movie she picked when i sent her the list of 1992 movies she was like this one and i was like Okay, um, she loves this movie, and it's not—it's not a movie I would ever associate with that. Actually, love. Uh, uh, the the co-creator of a little show called Yellow Jackets about teenagers being cannibals—I uh, would not have imagined that a sweeping love story.
0: But yeah, can you imagine a Ron Howard movie about cannibalism? Like, I would watch? Actually, there is one. There's in yeah. the Heart of the Sea. Wow. Oh, There you it's go. Tasteful
1: cannibalism. Emma, what was it that you just discovered that had you gasp?
2: I am on the far and away Wikipedia page, and I'm yes. just like scrolling looking for yeah, fun yeah, yeah. facts. Yeah, of course. And I found a fact that is very fun, <laughs> Please. which is uh, it's in the soundtrack section, and it says selections from the soundtrack have been featured in the trailers for various films, including Rudy, Getting Even with Dad. I don't know what that movie is.
3: True. Circle
2: of Friends and Treasure. <laughs> <points>. <laughs> it all comes, it all comes full circle Wow, well, that's wonderful <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna have to watch the treasure planet trailer again see. i've
1: sure seen it many times
2: obviously oh please yeah uh, that,
0: that is, is so funny. hilarious uh, i i just you know we're we're recording this in the wake of the oscars nomination we this, mo- this episode's coming out in like July, so people are going to be like, "What the fuck? Why? Why? Why are you?" Probably they talking about the probably March, but yeah. But uh, I kind of want to know just, just to sort of wrap this yes, up. Please, what's please. what's the thing you really sad wasn't nominated? Both of you.
1: Emma, I'm going to let you go first
2: on for this. for BP,
0: for anything, for anything. Or just in for
2: anything? Oh, ooh. well. I think if I can think of what even was nominated, I like took a look at the list and then was like doing other stuff. Yesterday. I'll,
1: I'll let you think about it for a second. I'll give him, I'll give my answers so that you can okay. mull on it. I mean, my, listen, obviously would have loved to have seen Sarah Pauly nominated for best director. I think she deserved it. Um, that being said, uh probably the biggest snub or whatever decision to leave, getting nothing to me mm-hmm. is pretty crazy especially on the cinematography side of things i mean that movie is really stunning to look at if nothing else and not getting a you know international film nomination i was surprised at um and disappointed but if i'm being completely honest when the nominations came out i did wake up at five thirty in the morning to watch them yesterday um i was kind of like there weren't many surprises. It was a, like I, they actually did a pretty good job covering the breadth of the year, all things considered. Um, I mean, there's some weird, you know, your Andrea Riseboro stuff, which I think is not great. (laughs) Um, I don't think that a bunch of. The Leslie. A white CAA clients rallying together to make sure (laughs) that, uh, there is no diversity in this category. Isn't great. great. um, but uh yeah i mean you know uh that's where i land what about you emma
2: i'm gonna say uh i i i think Hmm. hold on (laughs) i just want i want to make sure that the thing that i'm about to say isn't actually on there but i don't think it is because uh there's no way but um okay i yeah i i think I don't think this would have happened, but I do mm-hmm. think that Ambulance deserved a Best Cinematography nomination because yes. it is the first yes. Yes. movie I have that I have seen that uses drones the way that they should be used in a movie. Totally Not right, for yeah. like the shot that you could get with a helicopter that's like, oh, it's so smooth. It must be a drone. The, fu- the weird yeah. down the building and then yes. flipping underneath yeah. the car yeah. and like across the bridge. That shit. Awesome. Loved it. Should have been recognized. I,
1: I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. I'll say that I overall didn't love Ambulance as a movie. I'm sorry. Emma, I,
2: I remember when, when when we talked about it.
1: Because like, you really... texted me and you
2: were like, it's good, right? I was like, yeah, it's good. And you went to see it and you were like, I don't know. And I said, Phil, believe women.
1: <laughs> uh, that's exactly how it went down, guys. Um, just FYI. <laughs> um, it's not that I hated it because I didn't hate it. I think part of it was weirdly, I don't particularly like Michael Bay. But I was, like, actually kind of amped for that movie. So I think maybe my expectations were a little too high. So when I left the theater, I was just sort of like, yeah, that was good. But I wanted it to kind of be, like, you know, the 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 weird action movie that I could really ride for all year. And it wasn't that, unfortunately. But, um, but the cinematography, I couldn't agree with you more. Saw it in IMAX and was just like, yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. Just... I want to fly through the buildings and through the, under the bridges
0: and under the cars and all that shit. But Emily, did you, what about you? Legitimately, Legitimately groundbreaking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, um, I was I was sad about decision to leave one of my favorite movies. Um, I I really wish the woman king had gotten something. You know, yes. I felt like Viola Davis gave like an amazing movie star performance in that. You so know, good. if you're gonna get Andrea, she, you know, I feel like she should have hung on somehow. Sad about Paul Dano. I thought he was fantastic yeah. in The Fablemans I
1: Agree.
0: But the thing I'm most upset about, mm. I put sixty seconds on the clock.
1: There oh, it is.
0: It's Emily's Babylon up. minute. So I really, <laughs> I really feel like. Damien Chazelle's Babylon should have gotten into best picture i don't know if it's one of the 10 best movies of the year but it's one of the 10 most movies of the year and like i just if you're gonna have elvis there if you're gonna have top gun maverick it just feels like it fits by the way justin Hurwitz, who wrote an amazing score which i think is like one of one of the better scores i've ever heard it's actually music i write to which is a thing that rarely happens for me do you know he like he just writes scores for damien damien chazelle movies and then like his day job is he's like a writer on tv comedies Like, he wrote for The League and, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm, a show that doesn't have scripts, but Larry David was like, Justin Hurwitz, come in here, give me your touch. Like, I just, I don't know. I really feel like Babylon is a movie that will live on in time and, like, be reclaimed, and I feel like it's going to look ridiculous that the Oscars didn't have it in there, and that has been Emily's Babylon Minute. So I'm going to reply or respond. Oh, I got to say, I I get 30 seconds seconds to reply. You get 30 seconds. Hold on. Give me a second to get this all set up. All right. Here you go, Phil. Go for it.
1: Um, My thoughts on this are Babylon not being nominated is the best thing that could happen to Babylon. I think that its legacy as it moves forward. I know that there are a lot of Babylon-pilled people like Emily St. James that, that feel as though this movie is... Uh, I don't know, brilliant. Um, I, I think that it not getting nominated just feeds that narrative. I think it's actually what you want, which is now you guys can, you know, scream with your fists in the air that it didn't get nominated for Best Picture when it should have. I think it gives you ammunition.
0: I think I think you're right about that. I think that Babylon didn't need the Oscars, but the Oscars did need Babylon. Anyway, that's that's bab- enough Babylon talk.
1: Uh, that's enough Babylon talk. But I'll just say, um, Emma, you, I know, have not seen Babylon yet.
3: Um, Maya, no, I, 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 I have like
2: a screener of it like in my email from from the guild thank you guild but I haven't, haven't really I just don't want to sit down at my computer and watch the a, a movie for three hours
1: why don't you just, just airplay I it, it, it,
0: it to your tv <sighs> I
3: don't
2: know how to do that
0: so. <laughs> okay um I, I watched it in the theater with my baby and she loved it she did <laughs> love it
1: that, that was I, I do love that I got a text from Emily after saying she loved it
2: was that okay. her first film
0: her her second, she had seen Avatar, The Way of Water. We oh, saw well, it as that's a, a great that's
1: yeah. a great one. <laughs> I love that she saw. She
0: slept through uh
1: two over three hour movies, is basically what you said.
0: She now knows Awa is all around us. She knows the way of water has no yeah. beginning and no end.
1: It's true, it's true. I, I'll I, I will say, Emma, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Babylon. I agree with Emily that it should probably be seen on a big screen and you might need to be trapped in a room with it. I think that if you're not you're just, I think you might find yourself on your phone.
2: Yeah, that's why I haven't done it yet. Maybe yeah. I should just see if it's still playing. I don't know. Probably not. I'm
0: sure it is.
1: It's I'm playing
2: sure 70
0: it millimeter at the Angelica Film Center.
2: Holy <laughs> shit. Well, <laughs> I didn't have any plans this weekend, so.
1: You might need to see it. I mean, here's the thing. I think <laughs> I you do know want the... to. <laughs> I- I'll just say this. Um, David Sims and Emily St. James both, Pretty big fans of of Babylon, and and I think both of them have the same critique, which is they don't know which of the sixteen endings is their favorite. So mm. you know, you, you really you'll have to choose. It's like a choose. So it's a Return
2: of the King situation that we have uh, six. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but listen, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this dog shit movie with us. It was uh, it, it was a joy.
2: I have so much fun talking about movies that I don't really like. Um, especially with people who also have a good time talking about movies that they don't like,
0: even
2: oh, okay. though we were complaining the entire time about having to talk about this. I had a great time.
0: Emma, do you I, have anything you want to plug or yes, like where please. people should find you?
2: Um, I mean, you can find me online on twitter.com. <laughs> you can find me freelancing. Uh, editors can find me in my email. Okay. Uh, if you want to email me, pitch me <laughs> something to do. Give me some money. Give me some work. You should That'd be, be cool. following
1: Emma on Twitter. If you're not, you should be. She's <sighs> uh, a wonderful Twitter presence. Uh, just a just I, a bomb in a, I, in a terrible world.
2: I haven't been tweeting a lot. I should tweet more. If I'm such a bomb, I should be giving the people what they want, which is my thoughts. You on...
0: asked Cool World. You asked what like movie we would make everyone see after a tragic event like happening. We would just make people sit in a the theater and read your Twitter feed, Emma. It's a that's bomb. That's
1: true. Yeah, that's actually true. That's a fact. <laughs> thank you. And that, and also listen to your episode on Treasure Planet on oh, point check.
2: I think that would make people really happy.
1: I do too. I mean-
2: I got a lot of tweets that, after that episode, dropped of people being like, thank you for doing this. I love this movie. Like from, yep. I don't know, maybe like 15 people, but th- that's 15 people. Yeah. Soon it will be Yeah. 20
1: people. Something that will not happen for cool world. <laughs> mm please don't watch this movie just listen to the episode i i I beg of you don't watch cool world but listen to everything that emma stavansky has to say because believe women um thank you so much for being here emma we can't wait to talk about uh cannibalism with you uh when we talk about delicatessen
2: i love that great
1: um have you seen delicatessen
0: emily no uh yes Oh you it's, have. That's okay. one I have seen. Yeah. There you go. Uh
1: great movie. It's going to be a blast. We can't wait to have you back and as always you're be the best. Thank you so much, Emma
3: Thank you. Thank you.